from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Hello, Piet. How are you, my friend? Doing well, Jordan. You know, we're celebrating a big milestone uh, this week. WMSC-FM, an incredible treasure in Milwaukee, is celebrating its 40th anniversary, which is really incredible and is a hard-earned celebration, uh, not just from its early scrappy days when it was just a fledgling station, but even last year with the pandemic, it really went through a trying time. Absolutely. Just like myself, WMSC was anti-established in 1981, which as a fun note to our listeners, I never forget how old I am because there's always WMSC promo to remind me what I'm turning this year. Uh, But, uh, you know, for so many of us here in the Milwaukee music landscape, uh, it has been the consistent for us. You know, you're talking about uh, you can count on WMSC for so many things, but those things honestly are not to be taken for granted. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's a really incredible place because it's an all format station and basically each bj is their own program director is its own pro yeah 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 yeah. yeah, exactly and you know there's everything on there from big band to shoegaze to americana to obviously a lot of love for local music i mean it's just such a really special place and and again you can't take it for granted especially last year that was a big reminder for all of us for so many things wmsc included i mean they had to i wrote a story for the journal sentinel they had to suddenly figure out how they were going to still operate 24 hours a day um, with the pandemic when, when gatherings were a huge health risk. And then, you know, their underwriters, most of them are, are restaurants. And the restaurants really suddenly were really hurting terribly. And so the, the, the station had like 150 grand shortfall. And they were able to get to overcome that with the spring membership drive thanks to support from listeners. And they could still survive and still be here to celebrate 40 years. Again, not a given, especially during COVID. Right. And I mean, this is a story that we're hearing from coast to coast, Piet. You know, public radio really had a hard hit last year. And of course, here at 88.9, you saw the, some of the, the changes that we had to make. This is a real thing. So this yeah. is a r- significant celebration in the fact that it could have just been 39 years. But luckily, yep. Milwaukee has pulled through and they're celebrating in a big way. They've already had the official celebration by the time we've recorded this podcast. But looking at the week ahead here, uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, on Friday, March 19th, Sonia's covering some of her favorite interviews, including an interview with the legendary Les Paul. I mean, this is wow. kind of the stuff you expect from WMSC. They're lighting the bridge with the Hohen and joining us uh, on March 20th. Uh, they're going to have a special Light the Hohen celebration. Uh, Crawford's taking you through a tour of the WMSC archives on March 22nd. And our very own Dory Zori going back with Aaron to the Gerlina show on March 23rd. It's like this whole month is a celebration of what WMSC means to us. And we just want to give some special shout outs and thanks to them for making Milwaukee, great. I mean, this is those. This is in the fabric of our city. For me, that was my start. For Dory, that was her start. For Marcus, that was his start. I mean, the WMSC is at the core of what makes our Milwaukee music scene so great here, Piet. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a good time to kind of really celebrate that. I love that the station, even though we can't really be together and gather together, you and I, Jordan, have been talking remotely. I haven't seen you in over a year. Um, you know, right. even though we can't do that stuff now, it's wonderful that they, they can still celebrate, find a way to celebrate. They're doing that largely with bringing people back to the station. DJs are with the station in the very beginning are coming, have been coming back to kind of just join them again and really celebrate th- this milestone. Uh, it, it's a testament, too, that just the station means so much to so many people that you'll have people who were on the air 40 years ago 
coming back to really kind of celebrate this milestone. And uh, I think great things are ahead for WMSC too. And, you know, this, it's a, just a really central cornerstone of the cultural community in Milwaukee. And happy birthday to them. You can go to WMSC.org to check out all the events that are happening this week. And stay tuned because coming up on the podcast, we're going to hear about some of those events and hear about some of the stories of the past as station manager Tom Crawford joins me and our program director, Dory Zori, as we talk about the very first song played on WMSC among many other great tales to come. That's next on Tapped In. Stay tuned. Has your car been hibernating in your garage all winter? Donate it to Radio Milwaukee. Running or not, your car, truck, or even boat can support this podcast. Go to RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars to schedule your pickup. Did you know that the majority of 88.9's work is funded by members? That's why we can bring you such diverse programming through music, stories, and this podcast. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to become a member today. It's tapped in. We are back. Uh, special recording session here. We've switched over to Zoom. I've got program director and morning show host with the most, Dory Zori, with me. Hello, Dory. How are you? Hello, Jordan. We've got something really fun we're celebrating really this week, this month, all year long. It's a big anniversary for one of our favorite radio stations. That's right. You've already heard about WMSE turning 40 this year. And in addition to all the great celebrations that Piet and I talked about, we thought we should get a little bit more of the story from the man himself, the king of the castle, the one and only Tom Crawford from WMSE is joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hi, Tom. Thank you so very much. Um, I, I would love to start if you would just give everybody, I think it's interesting the story about what day you guys consider your official anniversary. So if you want to give like a little history and why March and why March 17th, especially. It's, it's really kind of a twofer. Um, in first things first, the March 17th, St. Patrick is the patron saint of many things, but primarily at least in an engineering institution or an institute of uh, a technical institute or institute of science. He's a patron saint of engineering. So a lot of times things that are of, of, of great importance, like building dedications and, and uh, things of prominence, they happen in and around St. Patrick's Day. So back, well, St. Patrick, the student St. Patrick would shut the university down Faculty would be the orange men. They would try to disrupt St. Patrick. You know, it was things like that. So that's why they decided to utilize the uh, the the fun, the tomfoolery, the mayhem of St. Patrick's Day to launch the station. And literally, it was it was in and around the time that they applied for the construction permit that things would kind of fall into place anyway. So, you know, here they get the money, and then they install the transmitter. And the radio station was located on the corner of Milwaukee and and State Street. And they move it over to the dormitory in Milwaukee and Juneau. And they fire up the transmitter. And they got to get it running before the grand opening on March 17th. So the soft kind of run prior to the 17th was, this is kind of the two for part of it is, on March 14th, they flipped the switch at 1,000 watts. And they did it at 6 p.m. And this is something, I mean, I've been here a long time, and I just found this out this year. 
So there was always kind of this urban legend that, you know, oh, we were running at a thousand watts since January or it was the middle of February or, you know, it was always this voodoo that, you know, you know, and then over the years as the alum of kind of we've gotten together over the years, it was like, we were a pirate station. No, we were a tenth of a lot. We were a pirate station. It's like, you no. Know, so the truth comes out this year that we flipped the switch March 14th, high day, because they're engineers at 6 p.m. And they wanted the transmitter, they wanted to get it running for a couple of days. So just like a you know, like a restaurant has a soft opening, we literally had a soft, unofficial opening. And then what they did is the song that they chose, they wanted to they had they had criteria. They wanted to make sure that it was a local local song because WSOE prior to WMSE made a commitment to local music. They wanted it to they wanted a song that kind of encapsulated all of the musics that WSOE was playing. So they wanted it to have a little bit of jazz, a little bit of of uh, electronic, a little bit of punk, a little bit of attitude. You know, they wanted to have a little bit of rock in it. You know, they wanted to have it kind of encompass all the aesthetics musically. And they're like, that's kind of hard to do. So there was a local jazz rock fusion band called Sweet Bottom, which the Sturmer Brothers, Daryl Sturmer, who's, you know, you guys know Genesis and all Phil Collins and whatnot. That's where he got his comeuppance. And the, the band put out a record and they had a song on there called Do Some Damage. So at 6 p.m. on March 14th, they flipped the switch to 1,000 watts and played the song, Peace of Heaven. It's just kind of up-tempo jazz fusion rocker with a little bit of, you know, kind of synth sequency electronics floating through it. It's edgy, but they loved it for the title because, you know, you got to think about 1981. That was like the height of, that was like the height of when the storm of corporate radio was sort of like taking over and, you know, kind of taking all the commercial radio stations and tightening up formats. Freeform radio was was disappearing all over the country. So they were kind of, you know, you know, whipping the finger to corporate radio because they really felt that at the time that here we are at a thousand watts and quote unquote, we are going to do some damage. Remember the bumper sticker that the radio station put out that year when they went live was WMSE, turn your radio on again. So now on the 17th, there was a first song that was played that day too, and no one knows. Wasn't the Clash? I always like in my heart think it's the Clash. We want to say it's Radio Clash, you know. That's that what I thought too. Is that Urban Legend as well? Because that's yeah, I, that that's why turns, I raised my no, finger. That turns out to be Urban Legend as well. So, right. So in the 95, 96, when we do the push for power, and we play, you know, Radio Clash and Mexican Radio, and we think that we are, you know, we're living up to it. A couple people thought it was uh, Break On Through by The Doors. Apparently, it was a cavalcade of some oldies. And there's one of the engineers, a gentleman by the name of Mike Pakula. And apparently, he is the he is the keeper of the wisdom. So I have to reach out to Mike Pakula. And because of, because of uh, COVID, 
we ordinarily do uh, we ordinarily do this open house on a Saturday in and around the 17th and we bring all the bring all the radio broadcasters club uh, alumni uh, you know in-house and we talk about you know old times and I believe that piece of important trivia would have been settled so but it's kind of neat every single year that you get these gentlemen together something breaks loose in their brain and it's like oh yeah I forgot about the 14th and then literally having a conversation one of the guys that built the radio station and it's a few days before we got together on the zoom meeting and he does this magical oh yeah I forgot on the 14th we flipped this I'm like oh my god uh, dude I I had no idea no one knew we've you've been this this guy had been at this Chris Jacobson CJ was his on air handle, um, and he did an oldie show called Old Wave. You got it like that, um, and no one ever no one ever said that it was complete and total news. So we did a little, and what we did is on Sunday this this past Sunday at six o'clock, we we put together we put together a nice little ten minute piece. He wrote this really beautiful letter as as to why. He and his fellow uh, members of the Radio Broadcasters Club, which was the student org uh, at MSOE, why they picked that song and why they let CJ pick it. And then, of course, you know, CJ just wrote this really sweet letter. and we, I read it verbatim and we, you know, we, we, we played the song and we did some damage. I'm going to say that I think we need to give Steve Hyden to write a book here. I mean, this is stuff that needs to not be lost to urban legend like Tom, there's things that I just assumed, right, that I'd heard that are fact, yeah. and you just hope. I mean, you said you just learned some of this just recently, right? Oh, just, like this is like I've been here forever, you know. I've been, right. here, you know, it's kind of been here forever, and it's like I, I cannot believe it. And then here's another one that just blew my mind: radio legend downstairs Dan, who was uh, spent a lifetime at KLH. And it was a legend at ZMF and was one of the mavens of freeform radio in our community. He's a broadcasting legend in my, my mind, in many people's minds, because of the influence that man had on so many people in the 70s with his career at ZMF. And then, you know, at, um, at, uh, Z- here at WMSE with his kind of so ahead of the curve when he was, he would bring in a Moog vocorder and, he was mixing turntables as the white slice. You know, he would, he would mix, he would mix James Brown with Cabaret Voltaire with ESG. He would bring in shortwave radio and he would, you know, he had a TV that he would do TV blasts with shortwave. He was just like, he was like DST. He was sensational. He was sensational. So he was on WSOE and it was carrier current. AM couldn't get the radio station. So, Evo plays at the Uptown in 1980. And Dan has a show on, on WSOE. Carrier Curtain AM. Now, you can't pick this station up. Only the MSOE students can get it. So he's at the Devo concert. When the show is done, he goes to one of the local punk clubs. There's Devo. He starts hanging out with Devo. He starts talking to the guys. Bar closes. He takes Mark Mothersbaugh to MSOE to the radio station and he and Mark Mothersbaugh start hanging out and spinning records till the sun comes up. No tape exists of this. I've known Dan forever. 
A number of us are in this. We got a bunch of the alums together on this past Saturday night, and were you, there was there were twenty of us who's you know literally probably had holes in our floors where we were located because our jaws were dislocated and fallen out because and you you heard five people say simultaneously, Dan, I never knew that. You know, you never told anyone that story. He's like, and he's giggling, like, yeah, I forgot. I don't know. You know, uh, you know, Mark and I were just hanging out, and it's, you know, and it was it was bright out. The sun was, you know, the sun was. You were like all night long, just chattering away. So, and then uh, I can't remember who someone goes. Oh, sorry. Let me get this straight, Dan. You, Mark Mother's boyfriend, Dio, Devo. Carrier current, no one can get it. No one recorded it. In the basement of the WSOE church, spinning records for four hours till the sun came up. He goes, yeah, mm-hmm. he's giggling like a girl. Like, oh my God. That's beautiful. Hey, so you've been around forever, forever, ever. Um, what DJs on the air have been around since day one or maybe even pre, you know, 1981? The longest standing is, is Paul Host. He's been around since WSOE. Paul's been around since uh, 1980. Yeah. He's been around since 1980. He's the longest standing DJ. He was music director, program director, assistant general manager. He's, you know, he's pretty much the reason why uh, you're talking to me today. He's the, he's the guy. He's, He's absolutely uh, a number one. Dewey Gill's been here since May of 1981. Um, Barry Johnson's been here since April of 1981. Pete Rohde, uh, October 1981. Mary, July 1981. Um, and then the next group is me, uh, January 84, Jerry is May of 84, Andres, October 84. Um, so that we're the, we're the, we're the old timers. Paul Sebar is, I believe Paul's in there too. I think Paul's October 80, 85. We've talked about a lot that, I mean, you know, you, you, we're all your kids, Tom. Like really, I mean, <laughs> for real though, like, I mean, okay. Like, Dory's story obviously is 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 legendary. I mean, Marcus oh, got his shot, you know, with you guys. And, and I'm in this position now where I'm I'm doing all these things I didn't think I was good. I didn't think a career in radio that that was not on my list of things to do. Like, had you not opened the door, had you not given us the shot, right? Like, we wouldn't be doing the work we're doing. So I was also wondering, like who else has come through that I think other folks are going to know that like, Oh yeah, they used to DJ on MSC too. Like I feel like the, 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 the alumni class is deep and exciting and rich as well. Oh, there was a, there was a a DJ that on QFM for many, many years, LP was her name. She, she was a, she's an MSE back when uh, uh, W uh, LUM was, was a uh, R&B format. There was a uh, Glenn Allen. He was a WMSE. Um, he was a WMSE person. There was a, uh, he had a, some, somebody who was part of the cold blooded six pack was a DJ by the name of John Gitz, John G. 
he went out to Los Angeles, big, big, huge talent out in uh, uh, LA uh, was, was a, a major, uh, a major market talent, uh, you know, LA and New York city, John G he would do, he was one of those people that, you know, did all kinds of um, uh, impersonations, um, you know, that was one of those people that was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a shock jock and wouldn't never listen to you. Uh, I wasn't his boss. I was just a DJ, but he was one of those people that, you know, probably added a few years onto Bob Betts's shortened uh, Bob Betts's life a little bit. So much has changed over the years in radio and, and with DJs and stuff. But Tom, what do you think is the thing about WMSC that has just stayed the same and solid this whole time? What's like the backbone of WMSC? I think the main thing is the variety of music. I really think and feel the, I think the curation and the fact that there's um, the authority that we, the authoritative, the authoritative that we allow is the fact that there is no authority, you know, that there isn't a top-down sort of managing of what people play. And the, and the only, the only thing that's really, the way we the only way that we really manage what people play is to just follow the follow the rules of of uh decency really you know and and, and Im- imagine what that's like when someone says that you're the expert we feel that you're the expert so wouldn't you want to be on your absolute best behavior and prove to everybody that's tuned into you that you're the one that wants to impart your taste, you know, and it's a modicum of ego that you're going to be, you know, sort of bringing forth to people and that, but at the same time, you know, if you want someone to respect you for what you do, you're going to have to, you're also going to have to kind of, you know, behave in a way that you command respect. And I think that, and you and who wouldn't want to have somebody uh, listen to you because you're bringing something to them that you feel is worthy, and they may not have an opportunity to hear anywhere else. You know, you know, like sort of like terminally unique. What is what is okay? That's okay. That's okay. You know, and I think every now and then people people kind of want to seek out that experience that they they. You know, I don't want to, I don't like to hear that, you know, people are tired of hearing something. Music is popular because there's people that want to hear popular music. You know what I mean? It's like the comedian Richard Jenny once said, you know what the average person is? He's average, you know? So that's, that's okay. That's, that's absolutely okay. And sometimes people are just, they just, there's always that person, like I'm sure with you and your your program, when the person contacts you, social social media request line reaches out to you and goes, who was that? Where is it? Playlist? What label? You know where I could buy that? You know, or I just, just click on the link. Man, yes, that's the greatest. That's like, that's the touchdown, the home run, whatever sports analogy you want to use. That's the high five, man. That's that's you 
you know, go home, you've done your yeah, job. Right, right. Sharing, sharing that love. Oh man, it's a great feeling. Uh, I've also had some good feelings myself, like driving around. I, I know you guys got these great billboards and the and, and a very philanthropic acquisition. And I think about this year, of course, this was just devastating this last year for everybody. Um, you know, Tom, what are your hopes for like the next 40 years? You know, what, what are your hopes for, you know, you've kind of said some things I think will always remain true as far as the connections with human beings, but I don't know. I'd like to just kind of peel back your brain a little bit about what you aspire to see MSC continue to be for the city of Milwaukee in 2070. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, it just, I, hmm, boy, that's a good question. It'd be awesome if it would still be, it could still retain its core value and people would have still find place for it and believe in its initial mission and vision. Because I think when you read about what the mission and vision of this station is, I really think you could apply any time in history to that. That's what I really think. You know, it would be a great place to play. Imagine, imagine a place where you know eventually, if a uh, um, a group of individuals that maybe of challenged economic means were hyper talented and had no place to play and you could afford them the space and the ability and even maybe the instruments to uh, get into a studio and be creative. Imagine if you gave them the workspace and the opportunity to do that and then turned around and gave them a place to put outside of social media to, you know, you know, it's one thing to put it out there. It's another thing to help them curate themselves and give them the voice that they, you know, the additional help and voice that they may need, you know? Yeah. I think that's WMSC to me has, you know, when I was a DJ there and today still continues to introduce me to all different kinds of music and has given me an appreciation for kinds of music. I didn't think that I would care about, but it's really that connection to community and commitment to community that um, I don't know if I'd have, if it wasn't growing up, with WMSC. And so if that's got to continue, like it's just so core of what WMSC stands for. So thought of being around for generations to be that kind of resource and amplifier for community voices is amazing. Well, sure. You know, and, and, and the story we told earlier, the, the first song being local, and then a number of the people, the number of the alums sending us, like we used to do a trifold street sheet. And looking at the top 30 that got reported to the old college music journal or, you know, the, the, you know, the basically the trade pub for non-coms back then, you know, and seeing that in that top 30, you know, 10 of the releases were local in 1981. Wow. That is so cool. That's really, really cool. You know, when it said cassette, you know, <laughs> that, but that, I mean, that speaks volumes to, I think it's in the water now because uh, sure. put this in perspective. I'm also born in 1981. Like I joked <laughs> when I, when I recorded with Piet, I joked, I always know what year I'm, what age I'm turning this year because MSC tells me first, like it's, you know, how you get older, you forget what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, sure. so like, I'm like, this is something that literally my entire life has been ingrained into, you know, who, my, I guess my my 
my relationship with my community around me, right? Like it's just something that it's, I, I, I honestly have taken it for granted from time to time because it's always been there. It's literally something that's been my whole life. And then I also realized what Dory just said, like it's instilled in me and in my family and in my professional endeavors. Like it's instilled this expectation of all the, the statements you made earlier about like, what does it stand for? And what are we here to do for each other? Like that's in the water because of this frequency. I mean, really like you guys have literally put this into the soil of this community and it continues to be that way. It's great. Yeah. It, it does. It, it does. And it is. And thank you for saying that. I mean, it's true, Tom. And, and I, I'm going to say this one, one more time only because I can't even imagine like some of the things that I, I was late for this call because I'm, I'm working with the public radio program directors association and sitting on a board of public radio programmers and thinking to myself, if I hadn't bugged you, <laughs> if I hadn't had Aaron Wade co-sign for me and you take a trust fall on me, I wouldn't be doing the things I do to raise my children. Like that's, I bought this house with the money I earned being good. You needed in to be radio. on radio. I mean, it's that simple. I, so, you know? you know, it's, it's, I, I, I literally cannot imagine what I do without you and without MSC. It's like, it's, it's everything. So no, it's just, you. just some people that, you run into they just need to be on radio it's that simple yeah <laughs> all right and then um final question because i know you probably this is a very sure. busy week for you um what kind of fun stuff do you guys have planned next week next month throughout the year anything that you can talk about yet and share uh, tomorrow morning is going to be rad because between six to nine the original morning show host Pete christensen will join me uh, and he's going to call in from, from Arizona. And Pete was, Pete was the original morning show person. He was on from six to nine, Monday through Friday. He was literally the anti morning show person. And what happened is here again, the, the, you know, corporate radio going full steam, putting their, you know, their talking heads in, in the morning, in the morning drive, in the morning zoo. Pete was the absolute opposite. No producer, no engineer, open door policy. Anyone could come down and literally arts group, arts group, nonprofit band that just show up and he would interview anybody. There was a waiting, there, there was people waiting to be interviewed. He said, you could have five, 10 minutes and then you're out. And he played music in between. And literally there were two rating services, Arbitron and Birch. In Arbitron, we were 15th in the market. In Birch, we were in the top 10 for three years because of Pete. That's how amazing he was. And he just told these, he was like the Henny Youngman of non-commercial radio. He was just the king of, he was the king of the one-sentence, one-liners. You know, and then there was a comedian named Mark Shillibritt who would call in and do the weather. And these, these guys were ham on rye. They, they just, they, they, they slayed the dragon. These two guys and, and Pete, it was really Pete's show. And I was on, I did midnight to six in the morning. So there were many times, you know, it'd be 10 after six, quarter after six, the phone would ring, it would be Pete. And it, it'd be Pete, he's like, I'm on my way. And he'd be driving in from, he'd be probably going a hundred miles an hour from Kenosha, you know, to get in there. And I'd be like six thirty, quarter to, you know, Pete would roll in, you know, and, and he always calls me big guy. He still calls me big guy to this day. So 
phone rang today. He's like, big guy. Hey, big guy. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. What time do you need me to call in? So that's going to be, that's going to kick ass. We've, um, you know, like um, I've got right here, we've, uh, some pe people have dropped off a bunch of stuff. This is our 10th anniversary. We recorded the entire 10th anniversary. We're going to play some, kids going to play that tomorrow. Got a bunch of, uh, bunch of old photos have come our way. A number of people have given us each CDs of old shows. Um, you know, it's, there's really, what we had was, a, we had holds on a couple of venues. Um, we had this week planned. We had, a, we had like three bands that were guaranteed that wanted to get back together. You know, we, we had a, we had a really solid reunion concert planned for this, this coming Saturday. Um, so what we're going to do is we know that the 41st will be our 40th and that's what we plan to do. Yeah, that's what we plan to do. So this, this week, we're just going to do kind of the, the, you know, we're going to do the quiet virtual, virtual drive. We've got some 40th, uh, you know, some 40th memorabilia. We, we did the 40th. We do always do the, we always do the metal pin. So we're doing the metal pin. Uh, we're going to do a 40th virtual drive for like six days. Um, you know, we've got some 40th, cool 40th t-shirts, but, um, you know, nothing really too spectacular, um, but just lots of uh, cool archival photos um, and stories, lots of stories. That was station manager Tom Crawford from WMSC joining myself and Dory Zori for a wonderful conversation. Tom, thank you for the time. Thank you for the grace. And thank you for giving us all a shot. Um, none of us would be here without your efforts. And we appreciate everything you've done for this community and everything you've done for Radio Milwaukee. We appreciate you so much. We can't do this without your support. In fact, that's how WMSE has stayed on the air for 40 years. It's the community supporting the work we do. We appreciate what you do for us. Your support keeps this podcast moving. This podcast is produced by Kenny Perez. Our handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab. And of course, we get support from you, our subscribers, and our members. We thank you for what you do for us. This is Jordan signing off. We'll see you next time for Tapped In.